We are back. It's been a while. Actually, it's only been like a few weeks, but took a short little hiatus to tend to life, birthdays, Christmas, um, finals, just a bunch of stuff. Um, it's, a, it's a busy life. December is a busy, busy time every year, especially the older I get, the more busy it becomes. So... It um felt good to just get everything done. Um be responsible. I'm kind of oh god, I'm kind of an adult now. So it's like I have to be responsible because I'm not 13 anymore. I'm not 10 anymore. I'm 21, which Jesus. It's great. It's fantastic. But it it's weird, right? It, it's so weird because I, I felt like I was um, those ages, 10, 13, so forth and so on and what have you, like two hours ago. Now I'm 21. What the hell is going on? I have no idea. All I know is that there's a bunch of stuff that happens when you get older. And I don't want to say older in the sense that I feel old. I feel like I feel it, like I'm getting older, but I still want to be Young as as long as I possibly can. But you just get a whole bunch of stuff that you got to do. I got to pay personal property tax now. And I got to pay bills and a bunch of other stuff. But it seems to all happen in December. Um, So yeah. Took a nice little hiatus to be able to deal with everything. And in my absence, of course, a bunch of crap just happens Every single time. And it's not even just from taking a short little break. Something happens every single day. But whenever you do take a break, it just seems like a bunch of stuff happens. And you kind of feel overwhelmed. And you're like, yeah, should I just never, ever talk about it and just move on with my life? Because that seems like the easier thing to do. But we're not going to do that. Oh, my goodness, I just stuttered. We're not going to do that. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Welcome back to Think For Yourself, the number one podcast in my mind, hopefully in yours as well. That is a fact. You can go verify it yourself. Um, I, it's just a bunch of stuff has happened, and I don't even know where to start. But I kind of want to piggyback off the last episode because I have a bunch of stuff that I want to talk about, but I have a point to make that I did not make in the last episode. So the last episode, if you're following along chronologically um it was all about covid which i hate talking about it because it's so annoying and i just think that common sense people want to move on with their lives regardless of however they feel about it they just want to move on but there are just some people who won't let that happen and I don't even I don't I don't know if we'll ever not talk about it, which is the most frustrating part. But with that being said, um there is something that I came across that resurfaced but didn't get as much attention as I would have liked it to. <laughs> Probably because of who said it, but what was said is extremely important. 
at least in my opinion, and if it were to resurface and get the attention that I feel as though it deserves, then most people would just shut up talking about all this COVID BS. Um, And yeah, it was during the vice presidential debates, one Miss Kamala Harris said that she wouldn't take a vaccine if it was administered under the Trump administration. Now, I'm not going to say exactly what she said because I'm going to let her do the honors. I don't want to misconstrued anything that she says. I just want you to listen and then just kind of sit with me. Have a little rap session with me because this is so weird and so contrary to what has been said and preached over the past year where we should listen to scientists and whenever a certain present administration is looking to enforce various vaccine mandates or rules or laws or whatever, we're just supposed to kind of accept it, right? But if it's a different administration, oh, then then we then we get a pass, right? So, as usual, we're going to shut up, and I'm going to let you hear what this lady has to say. And then, like I said, we can just have a little rap session, just spitball some ideas in terms of what we think about this, because I think it's... Well, I'll let her say it, then I'll tell you. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Wow. Let's not do that. See, um, it's crazy how liberal YouTube's getting, but they still post these ads because they want that capitalist money. All right, here we go. Now I'm going to shut up. Three, two, one. Senator Harris, to me, um, for life to get back to normal... Dr. Anthony Fauci and other experts say that most of the people who can be vaccinated need to be vaccinated. But half of Americans now say they wouldn't take a vaccine if it was released now. If the Trump administration approves a vaccine before or after the election, should Americans take it and would you take it? If the public health professionals, if Dr. Fauci, if the doctors tell us that we should take it, I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should ta- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Vice President Pence, there have been a lot of repercussions. Okay. Then she started going, or the moderator started talking to Pence. Point being is that she said if public health officials tell her to take it, that she'll take it. If Trump tells her to take it, she won't take it. Isn't that ex- the, the same thing that's happening right now? Because number one, Donald Trump's not a public health official. He would be working with public health officials to administer a vaccine. So technically, he would be telling people to take it. Now, whether he'd be forcing people to take it or suggesting people to take it, I mean, I have my speculations as to which one he would do, but it's irrelevant because he's not in office right now. So it would be just that speculation. But he would still be telling people to take it regardless of which way he was leaning. So, by what she said, she wouldn't take it, right? Because Dr. Anthony Fauci is not the president. He's not. And he, he he's more of a politician than a scientist, in my opinion. But he's not the president. So, he can't tell people to take it. And then we have to listen to him. Any mandate that is administered has to be administered by the current administration. That being the Biden administration. So 
Ow, I just hit the microphone on my face. It's not okay. So technically, Joe Biden and his administration administering a vaccine mandate, telling people to take it, is the president of the United States telling people to take the vaccine. And essentially, in this case, you don't really have a choice according to the mandate and wherever is passed, right? So I just found that so funny, ironic, crazy. Because right then and there, this proves that this has nothing to do with health, everything to do with power, politics, control, whatever you got to call it. Because if it's the same vaccine under the Trump administration that it is under the Biden administration, why wouldn't you take it if the Trump administration put it out and said, hey, take this vaccine, right? But because your guy is saying to take it, okay, now we're supposed to just lay down and, and take it, right? Now, I have to preface this. Oh, it's a nice little doorbell ring. I have to preface this, right? And I just, I feel like you have to say it because if you don't, all hell breaks loose, regardless of what forum or, or, or media you say it in. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-mandate under these circumstances. Um, And if I feel as though I don't need to take it, then I don't want to take it. You feel me? Like, if you don't feel like you need to take it, then don't take it. I haven't taken a flu shot in a very long time, if ever. Um, At least to my recollection, I've never taken one. Not because I don't feel like it could be beneficial, but because I don't feel like I need it. Yet the flu kills upwards of about 100,000 people every single year. Why aren't people coming at me and other people who don't take a flu shot and be like, you're killing people because you're not taking a flu shot? What, just because 100,000 people is less than whatever is going on right now, does that number just not matter because it's less? See what I'm saying? It's just, if you just feel like you don't need it, then don't take it, right? I don't know. I just found that weird. And like I said, it resurfaced, but it didn't get as much attention as it needed to get. Therefore, it just kind of got swept under the rug. And that's disappointing. Right, because if it did, then I feel as though more people would be like, you know what, f this. Right, if I want to take it, I will. If I don't, then I'm not gonna take it. And for you to force me, I think is kind of ridiculous. But it's is is very very ironic as well because Biden ran his whole campaign on ending COVID, and in the past year, his only focus has been on COVID to live up to a, a empty promise uh, of of like eradicating an airborne virus like that that just kind of is here as if you can actually do something about it but because he's elected now right we can't do anything about it you can't kick him out you can't kick him out for lying you can't kick him out for wasting a whole year of everybody's time and this goes for all presidents the last president, the president before, can't kick anybody out, really, unless they commit a crime, which I'm, I'm for because it's the democratic process. But my point is, is that he's in now, right? So he said what he needed to say throughout his campaign to get in. Now that he's in, he's got at least four years to have all the presidential benefits you get with that position. 
right? He doesn't have to deliver on any promise that he made during his campaign, which is ending COVID. Because it's so funny that I think it might have been two days ago, either yesterday or two days ago as of this recording, that he said that there is no federal solution to deal with COVID. And I'm like, bro, what the hell? You mean to tell me that you ran your entire campaign on ending this virus? He kept saying, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. That's literally what he said a thousand times. You mean to tell me over the past year, your only focus has been on COVID. You implemented this BS vaccine mandate that people clearly don't like, but because you're the government, I mean, ain't much people can really do about it unless the courts start blocking it. And all of that just to say that there's no federal solution to deal with this crap? That's crazy. But like I said, you're elected, you're in. You said what you needed to say to get in, which I feel as though every president has done in the history of this country. At least since I've been alive and and the ones that I've observed, right? That doesn't mean that presidents don't get stuff done. But mostly, it's just a lot of empty promises to get elected, to sit on your hands for four years, collect that salary, get all the the secret service around you, get to fly in uh, fancy jets, get to stay in a big house, whatever you want. You're the president, right? But that's just so crazy to me that after a year of wasting everybody's time running a campaign on a bunch of BS, it it's all a culmination of, hey, there's no federal solution to COVID. Well, we could have told you that, which a lot of people have been telling you that because you can't stop it. It's here. Like, I, that's the thing that people need to understand. It's here. You can do things to mitigate it. Number one, it's just being healthy. People don't talk about that, but whatever. Number two, if you need a vaccine, then take a vaccine. And there's a, a bunch of other stuff, but... The point is is that you're not going to get rid of it. And now there's a new variant, and people are freaking out. Just like you can't get rid of it. Just just, just do what you got to do, right? But you want to know what is funny is that even if you, though you can't get rid of it, um, this whole vaccine has been portrayed as something that will prevent you from getting COVID, which is such BS. I'm going to say BS a lot because there's a lot that's going on. It's such BS, right? And there are so many people out there who are saying, no one ever said that the vaccine is going to prevent you from getting COVID. It's going to keep you from... it. What we have been saying is that it's going to keep you from dying and going to the hospital and having bad symptoms. BS. Right, There are so many people who have said that this thing is going to stop you from getting COVID. It's going to stop you from transmitting COVID, this, that, and the third. And I have proof, ladies and gentlemen. I have proof. And I'm going to shut up. And I'm going to let you hear this proof because I think it's pretty freaking funny. So three, two, one, boom. There's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines 
are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated... You no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. A booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for every every adult to get a booster shot. uh, Clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in. I'm not done. Hold up, I'm not done. I have so many things to say, but I'm not done. One second. This is one lady from MSNBC. She has some stuff to say, too. Um, she's very annoying, but I had to listen to her. So we all get to listen to her. Three, two, one. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. If we just go fast enough to get the whole pop. It means that Okay, now, oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> first off, you need to get vaccinated because you weren't going to get hospitalized or die. I had to reiterate that I had COVID. I wasn't vaccinated. I didn't go to the hospital. I didn't die. My symptoms weren't even that bad. I, I, I just, it's not one shoe size fits all is basically what I'm trying to say. But what was funny is that you need to get vaccinated because the vaccine is so amazing. 
Then when they realized that whatever they were saying was BS, now you need to go get boosted. And then whenever that becomes BS, then you need to go get your 10th shot to um, to have a, a chance to not go to the hospital. Then you're going to need your 11th shot so that you don't have a chance of dying. It's just like, I don't know. Like the, It's just a never-ending cycle, right? And it's not like they're talking prematurely. No, they believe all this stuff. You just heard this lady say, if you get vaccinated, the, the virus stops with you. You know how much of a lie that is? And these people are paid to go on TV and talk just out of thin air. Just say a bunch of crap. It That's a lie, right? Now, I'm not, once again, I'm not saying that if you get vaccinated that it doesn't help. For some people, yes, it will help them. It will help mitigate their symptoms. They might not even get it. But that doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't. If you look at the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, these three major sports leagues just recently had COVID outbreaks amongst their teams. And guess guess what? It's amongst all vaccinated people. I saw a statistic yesterday that said in last year's NFL season, from the first game to the Super Bowl, there was a total of 200-something cases of COVID throughout the entire league of players, that is. It's not counting, like, personnel and whatnot, coaches, things like that, or people like that. Just the players. About 200-something cases throughout the entire season. This is when vaccinations were new and vaccine rates were high and all this stuff like that. Right now in in the NFL today, where most teams are fully vaccinated or have really really high vaccination rates, almost the entire league is vaccinated. Because if you're not vaccinated, number one will be freaking um uh, uh what criticized by ESPN. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. Um, right. If you're not vaccinated, you got to wear a mask on the field on the sidelines. On the field, I mean, like, after the game and whatnot, um, on the sidelines and the press conferences, um, the way that you interact at the training facility is different than those who are vaccinated. So most of the NFL is vaccinated, right? Yet, like I said, the statistics said that last year, whenever the NFL season was going on, from the start to the finish of the season, there was about 200-some cases amongst players. This year... In December alone, there have been there have been four hundred plus cases of COVID. Right, just popping up left and right. Like, and, and vaccination rates are higher than ever because people are. Ah, I just hit I just hit my face with the microphone again. The vaccination rates are higher than ever because people are essentially forced to get vaccinated, or else they can't participate in normal activities like their vaccinated counterparts right now some people want it because they genuinely feel as though it'll help them and that's fine a lot of other people get it because they feel like they can't do their job or they won't be able to do their job if they don't have it so they get it too but you have all these vaccinated people yeah you have all these outbreaks look at the nba the chicago bulls they had over half the team had got covid the brooklyn nets all of them are getting covid Multiple games were postponed or, or pushed back. Look at the NHL. They had a COVID outbreak. 
amongst all vaccinated people. So you see what I'm saying? The lies that people are, are being told and then they'll double down on it. Right? They'll double down on it. Saying that you can't get freaking COVID if you have a vaccine. That is not true. It's just simply not true and it's crazy how, like I said, they're paid to lie like that. Which is why we're still in the same situation that we're in now. Where we got to keep talking about it. Or or it's such a prevalent topic. Because people, and by people I mean politicians, don't understand that there's nothing you can do to stop this. And then it trickles down to the the people who soak all that information up and take it as gospel. That what they're saying is true. Which it's just not true, right? You can get COVID whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. But now that every that people are starting to see through their BS, now they're trying to double back, right? Not double down, double back, and say that getting COVID, um, I mean getting vaccinated, it doesn't keep you from getting COVID. It just limits the symptoms. Right, so that you don't go to the hospital or so that you don't die or whatnot. Right? These same people are saying who 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 claim that they've never said that the vaccine is like a cure in a sense and that you'll never get COVID if you're vaccinated. These same people are now saying that it is just to limit the symptoms. But my question is, you don't care about my symptoms? Like who like you don't really care, right? As the government, you don't really care. If I get COVID and I got symptoms, this is my problem. Right? So wh- why you're pressing so hard about it if it's not the cure that you you made it out to be? I don't really know. But like I said, it's not just because people are seeing through it that they're starting to double back. It's cuz now they have some political I guess leverage at stake right what year is it it's 2021 right by the way Merry Christmas everybody Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year it Christmas was amazing I love Christmas it's so great I the older I get the more I just don't really even pay any mind to um all the like things I used to when I was a kid like presents stuff like that i love it right anything that i get i appreciate it. i got some really dope stuff too but i just love people i love being around people it's my favorite time of the year and as of now it's what like two more days left till the new year so that's it's pretty dope but speaking of the new year i mean midterms are coming up it's 11 months until the midterms come up right so now they have some political gain Right. And this this lady tweeted out, she's a left winger. <laughs> so she tweeted out this. She said, as we recognize that COVID-19 is not a deadly or even severe disease for the vast majority of responsible Americans, we can stop agonizing over cases and focus on those who are hospitalized or at risk of dying. Now, you'd think that that's like a good tweet. That's a good statement to make, right? There have been people that have been saying that for the past year, year and a half, that, hey, it's not as dangerous as people are making it out to be. I'm not saying don't vote, don't like, don't keep it in mind. Don't, don't, I don't want to say worry like you're at home losing sleep over it, Um, but don't take it lightly, right? 
but it has upwards of a 98 to 99% recovery rate. I understand that some people experience long-term symptoms, but still, it has a high recovery rate, right? And most of the reports are complete BS anyway. I said this before. If you get COVID, then go outside and get hit by a bus, they're going to say you died from COVID, not that you got ran over by a bus, right? But now they want to say that we should just focus on the people who are dying or who are hospitalized, primarily older people, very, very young people, or people who have pre-existing health conditions, right? Not just your average American who's relatively healthy and who can get COVID, be okay, and then move on with their life, right? Let's focus on these people, which, like I said, in theory is a good idea and what we should be doing, but people have been saying that for the past year to year and a half, yet now you want to acknowledge it. Why? Because you have some political gain. You can't go into midterms still beating a dead horse that people are tired of, right? Because they're not going to vote for you. If you switch course and then start to actually listen to them, acknowledge what it is that they're saying, and then take action in that direction, you feel as though people are going to be more inclined to vote for you. But you just spent the past year and a half completely negating those people, shaming them for not getting vaccinated, shaming them for not wearing masks, this, that, and the third. So I just thought that was funny. Is that now you want to tweet this stuff out or make these statements about how we should focus on on these specific people because COVID isn't that big a deal as we've made it out to be, even though people have been saying that constantly. Right? It's unfortunate what it's come down to, but it's a it's a political virus, it's a political vaccine. It's as simple as that. Right? It's a real issue. Don't get me wrong. I had it. It was no fun. I'm not saying that I want it just because I didn't go to the hospital or or die, but it wasn't fun. But it is, for the most part, a political virus, political vaccine. They'll describe it. They'll report it in a way that benefits them. Right? It's just, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. My whole thing is do what's best for you. If you want to get vaccinated, that's perfectly fine. If you don't, then please don't. Like, honestly, don't. And to the government, like, this is not your, this is not your, your, your area, right? This is not. This is bigger than you. You want to know why? Because you don't have the power to stop it. You don't. You do not have the power to stop it. Right? It's here. You just have to learn to deal with it. Right? If the government shut down... We wouldn't be talking about this. You want to know why? It's because it benefits nobody politically if there's no government to to um, support, right? If there's no party to support when referencing th- this topic, right? And saying that these people are going to do this for me in regards to this situation, right? If there was no more government, we wouldn't be talking about it. We would just live with it and deal with it as it comes because it's... It's not going anywhere, at least not anytime soon, right? So Joe Biden, who said, I'm not going to shut down the economy, I'm going to shut down the virus, he's wrong on both counts, K- kind of. Didn't shut down shut down the virus, and I'm paying $67 for a gallon of gas, so you might as well have shut down the economy. It's basically the same thing. Just please do what you want, but 
Just don't, just don't, like, just, the government just needs to screw off. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. And I am so tired of talking about COVID, but I just need to get that point out, right? Because I didn't make it last time, and I really, really, really wanted to make it this time, especially because a bunch of new stuff just kind of came in my front door and said, hey, Josh, this is for you. Just, just wrapped in a bow, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll talk about it. But what I really wanted to talk about was this show I watched. I watched a show, and it was pretty interesting. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's called Colin in Black and White. Now, if you don't know who Colin is, Colin, oh, my goodness, I just tugged on my headphones. It's a lot of a lot of equipment that's attacking me today. Um, if you don't know who Colin is, Colin is Colin Kaepernick, the world-renowned, famous NFL football Hall of Famer. Kenny's not a Hall of Famer, but he was a football player. According to Google, he's now an activist. So, um, I mean, I guess he got what he wanted on that front. But he came out with a show on Netflix called Colin in Black and White. And, oh, God. It, it, it is so bizarre to me, the, the, the things that, that occur in this country that we can actually do. That people just kind of take advantage of. Um, and this show, in my opinion, was one of them. So the show opens up. And, and let, let me just give you a little backstory. Colin Kaepernick was an NFL quarterback. He was a backup. The starting quarterback for the team he was on got hurt. He took over, led his team to the Super Bowl. They lost, but he still did good. And then he just kind of started to decline as the years went on. Then... um. One time, he just decided to take a knee during the national anthem to protest police brutality against black people in America. And it had mixed reviews. Some people felt as though it was a noble thing to do. Other people felt as though he was disrespecting the flag and troops and other people and whatnot. However you perceive it is up to you. But eventually, he um, got dropped um, I don't know if his contract expired or if he just got released from the team or whatnot and turned his sights to activism, right? Being an activist for the black community. And then later down the line, he had another NFL tryout, but kind of turned it into like a like a, a scene to promote his activism, right? He didn't really want to play football anymore. He just needed a, a big enough platform to propel him to activism stardom. The, the the synopsis of Colin Kaepernick in the best way that I can describe him. So he came out with this, this show on Netflix called Colin in Black and White. And it starts off with some of this. Ah, let me let me just describe it first. He it's a scene in which he's comparing the NFL's draft process to slavery. And by slavery, I mean black people who were taken slave or who were taken uh, captive and held as slaves by white slave owners, slave masters, whatever you want to call them, and forced to work in cotton fields for no pay in horrible conditions. They were beat. They were hoarded on ships. They were raped. They were a whole bunch of other stuff. All right. Colin Kaepernick compared the NFL draft process 
to slavery in the sense that players, when they get to the league, they're poked and they're prodded and they're essentially sold or bought to a team, right? And the depiction of Colin Kaepernick's NFL in the show was that there are only black players and there are only white coaches, right? And by my, by my interpretation, because I feel as though the only way you can compare going to the NFL voluntarily and making millions of dollars to play football, the only, the only way I can rationalize this is that according to him, these black players, who are apparently the only people who can go to the NFL, are forced to go to the draft combine, which is like a pre-screening or a workout before you get drafted to a team to see if you're good enough to be in the NFL. Right? It's only black players, and it's only white coaches who insult them, they they look at their every flaw, they see what it is that they, that they can do or what they can't do, and then they buy them, right? And then the white players, they, they just get in scot-free, right? And to them, it's not by force, it's by choice. They want to play football, so they just get in scot-free, right? That's how I perceived it. <laughs> because this man made a Netflix show in the opening scene is him comparing the NFL draft process to slavery, right? But let me break it down. Slavery was people who were forced into a situation that they did not want to be in. They were not paid. They did not have good uh, living conditions. As I said earlier, they were raped. They were beaten. They were forced to work uh, in fields for no pay, right? They were literally bought and sold. All right. They weren't out in the fields throwing a football around, and then the slave master was making it rain with millions of dollars. And that wasn't happening. All right. But in the NFL, all right, in the NFL, you voluntarily go there. And the reason that there's a draft combine is because no one's going to want to pay you, right? They're not going to want to pay you millions of dollars if you suck. If you can't play football at the highest level possible, no one is going to want to pay you millions of dollars to play for them. That is why they have a draft combine, a workout, before you get drafted. To see if you're good enough to play in the NFL. And then to give teams an opportunity to look at you. To see if they want you to be on their team. Right? And it's not like you're just working for free. And especially if you get drafted high. You're getting paid a lot of freaking money. Right? You're getting paid a lot of money. So those are the differences. Between uh, between the NFL and what Colin Kaepernick was displaying. In his show. And it's funny because I saw this post and all the people in the comments were just marveling over the show and how amazing it is and whatnot. And that's not the whole show. I was watching some of it. And I think it's kind of out of touch um, with how they were depicting white people and black people and whatnot. Obviously, it's propaganda, in my opinion. But 
that one scene, which lasted for about like five or ten minutes, everyone either just glossed over it or just marveled over it, which is just so bizarre to me, right? Because we, we live in such an oppressive country, oppressive time, right? You know how oppressed we are? You know how oppressed Colin Kaepernick is? Colin Kaepernick is so oppressed that he has endorsement deals with Beats by Dre, McDonald's, Jaguar, Electronic Arts, and Muscle Farm. And his biggest endorsement deal came from Nike when the sporting goods and apparel giants signed him on September 3rd, 2018 for their 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign. Right? So he's so oppressed that he has all of those endorsements. Right? And then if you look up Colin Kaepernick's net worth, Colin Kaepernick is so oppressed that his net worth, according to clutchpoints.com, is roughly $20 million. Right? According to celebritynetwork.com, his net worth is approximately $20 million. According to WealthyGorilla.com, his net worth is approximately $20 million. According to every single website that can find anything on his net worth, they they put it at $20 million. And I feel like it might even be more. Right? He's so oppressed that the man is worth at least $20 million. Right? Colin Kaepernick is so oppressed that his face is on a Ben & Jerry's Colin Kaepernick changed the world non-dairy frozen ice cream. Um, that's how oppressed he is. I meant to say an ice cream, um, bucket or container. I just couldn't think of the word. I guess bucket or container is the word I'll go with for lack of a better term. But yeah, his face is on it. He has his own flavor. Change the world. And world is spelled W-H-I-R-L-E-D, obviously, to try to allude to the ice cream he has a picture of himself that looks like it was sketched with a shirt that says i know my rights um the ice cream is non-dairy and it's filled with caramel with fudge chips graham cracker swirls and chocolate cookie swirls all right and did i mention that it's ben and jerry's ice cream which is one of the biggest ice cream brands in the freaking country. So, he's so oppressed that all that stuff is happening to him, which, it's just, I don't know. But people marvel at it. Like I said, I saw in that post, people were just oh, drooling over this, uh, this show and how amazing it is and all this stuff. They don't see it, right? The more he talks about how oppressed he is, the more he gets paid. And all the people, right, all the average everyday people who are, like, you know, just looking at Colin Kaepernick and just thinking that whatever he's doing is amazing, right, their lives are still the same, unfortunately, right? That would apply to me if I was sucking up to that, that BS, propaganda. Because my life is the same. This man is making money, money, money. Every time he says that he's oppressed. You want to know how crazy it is to run that type of game? 
to the point where you can say that you're oppressed and make millions of dollars while doing it? I don't know whether to be disgusted or applaud. Like, I don't know. But he's not the only person who's um, making some headway. My guy, Jesse Smollett, just got convicted. and um, I don't know if he got sentenced yet, but he got convicted on uh, a bunch of counts of... I forgot what the counts were specifically, but back, uh, back way back when, about like three years ago, he filed a false police report saying that he got beat up by two white guys in MAGA hats at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning in Chicago while going to get Subway. He got beat up. He got gasoline or bleach poured on him or something like that, and a noose was tied around his neck. And they called him a bunch of racial and um and homophobic slurs and when you first hear it you're like wow that's um that's terrible right that's not okay right if it was true it's definitely not okay turns out he was lying right and he was lying because he wanted to get paid more money on his show so if he gets perceived in the media in the eyes of the world as a victim of a hate crime right his stock goes up Especially if you, in the manner in which you do it in, right? Trump was the president. I've said this before. Trump was the president. No one liked him. So you, you as a black gay man are a victim of a hate crime by two racist, white supremacist Trump supporters. You know how much your stock is going to go up? Just the stars have a line for Jesse Smollett to be the highest paid actor in Hollywood. All right. But, like I said, he was lying, and they figured it out and tried him, convicted him. As I said earlier, I don't know if they sentenced him, but maybe they're just not there yet. But what's um, what's interesting is how it was reported. Now, keep in mind, Jesse Smollett did this to himself. The two guys that he hired to beat him up, in quotes, were not white. He paid him each thirty five I don't know if he paid him each thirty five hundred dollars or total thirty five hundred dollars to get supplies to carry out the quote unquote hate crime. The hats that they were wearing were just normal red hats. They weren't MAGA hats. Right? And how the hell are these two random people gonna know that Jesse Smollett is gonna be in Chicago out on the street at two o'clock in the morning going to Subway? How would they know that he's from Empire? Because he said that they screamed that he was from Empire, the show that he was on at the time. How would they know that? Right, Just a bunch of stuff, right? I highly doubt that if they were looking to enact a hate crime that they would be fans of the show. But I don't know. But this headline was very, very, very interesting to me, right? So MSNBC, after the verdict, took... um. After the verdict was read and like the trial took place, MSNBC, um, they came out with an article. And the headline says, Jesse Smollett's guilty verdict just made it even harder for victims of hate crimes. So, when I looked at that, it took me a second to really understand what it was saying. Because I wanted to, I didn't want to misconstrued what the article was talking about. But then I read the article And then it clicked. MSNBC is essentially blaming the justice system 
for potential future hate crimes and people getting justice for them, right? So because Jesse Smollett was found guilty for faking a hate crime, MSNBC says that's going to make it harder for people in the future who are real victims of hate crimes to um to get justice. And the article didn't say, yes, this is um Jesse Smollett's fault that it'll be harder. Because, I mean, to some degree, yeah, it could be true, right? If this guy faked a hate crime, I mean, going forward, if someone comes out and says, hey, I've been a victim of a hate crime, you might have a hint of speculation there. And it could be because of Jesse Smollett, right? Or at least the, the, the situation. I'll say the situation because that's how they were describing it. Not once did they blame Jesse Smollett for that or put the responsibility on him for saying, hey, because you faked the hate crime, now you just made it harder for people in the future to get justice who are real victims of hate crimes. Instead, they were low-key blaming the justice system because they 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 they, they even described the uh, verdict as um like the jury deciding that Jesse Smollett was lying because they gave him a guilty verdict instead of just saying that hey the dude lied got a bunch of interviews got a lot of publicity for it and is now being convicted of it right but. Not once did they say that. They didn't blame him. They blamed the justice system and their decision regarding the trial and how that's going to affect future victims of hate crimes. You know how stupid that is? All right. So this man does what he does, and instead of putting the responsibility on him, blame the justice system. That makes a whole lot of sense, right? That makes a whole lot of sense. And Black Lives Matter, they came out, right? This is not a movement anymore. It's a full-fledged organization. It's a corporation. Black Lives Matter Corporation came out and said that the trial was a white supremacist charade and that the police need to be abolished because it is an irredeemable institution. Right? This is no, no responsibility at all. No responsibility in saying that, hey, this dude just faked all this stuff. And maybe he just needs to be, if he is being hit with some charges, he just needs to face the consequences, right? But no, it's the justice system's fault that people in the future might have an issue with going to law enforcement and saying, hey, I was a victim of an actual hate crime and them doing something about it, right? It's the justice system's fault. Um, it's white supremacist's fault that he was tried and convicted. Um, even though no white people were involved in the situation at all. Right. And it's the police's fault. Because the police decided to go after him because they waste he wasted their time. He wasted their time and their money. And not only did he get convicted, the police department that he went to is going after him for $130,000 because of all the resources they used to investigate the quote-unquote hate crime that he was a victim of, right? But it doesn't stop there, right? Don't know if you remember, but shortly, I believe it was shortly after the Jesse Smollett situation happened, a guy by the name of Bubba Wallace, NASCAR driver, um, he 
quote-unquote faked a hate crime. And I say faked because I don't know if it was he who noticed it, but someone might have brought it to his attention, and he essentially just ran with it. But there was a rope in his NASCAR garage. I feel like I talked about it before, but I'll just summarize it if I if I've already have. There was a rope in his NASCAR garage, and it was brought to his attention that it was a noose. And instead of just looking at it and, and just trying to figure out what it actually was, he ran with it. Went public and did all these interviews and all this stuff like that, just saying it's a noose and this, that, and the third. Right? Black people are under attack because they're putting random nooses in uh, NASCAR driver's garage. It uh, doesn't even make any sense. But after an FBI investigation, turns out it was just a rope that was there for uh, quite a while prior to them actually just noticing it that was just in the garage, which I think they said might have been to actually pull down the garage or something like that. But it was a part of the garage. It wasn't a noose. It was a rope that was a part of the garage. Now, I can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on, right? Oh, and it it gets better. (laughs) After Bubba Wallace was a victim of another fake hate crime, he got signed to Dre Beats. You know how oppressed you are? When you fake a hate crime and get signed to Dre Beats. (laughs) That's how oppressed you are, right? Oh my goodness. Then he then I think the next day or something like that or that week he had a race and I think he finished last or close to last and got the most publicity for the race more than anybody who actually had a good placing, right? And the reason I say all this, I'm not saying this cuz I dislike these people. I'm not saying this cuz I'm anti-black. I'm black. I want to see the black community thrive and succeed. Succeed. I've said this before. The reason I'm saying this is because it's so frustrating to see, right, that these people do this. These people do this because they they, they see um, the current climate that we're in, right? They see it, they observe it, they acknowledge it, that black struggle is marketable, right? It's no longer something that is so prevalent that we're like shackled up in chains and don't have the same opportunities in general as white people right they just see it as a as for for its marketability and what advertising it could do for them right that that that's what they see and and it's frustrating because if you look left, right, and center, it's all these people talking about how oppressed we are, right? How black people are this, black people are that. We don't have the same opportunities. People say mean things to us, whatever, right? And it, it, it and whenever you try to refute it, people think that you are just for, like forgetting about everything that black people have gone through. There's two schools of thought here. Both of them, I believe, are pretty accurate. Number one, most of the black people that are alive today haven't been slaves, will never be slaves, haven't experienced anything close to slavery or Jim Crow or anything of the sort. And number two, 
yes, being black, you have some ties to it inherently. But there's a difference between um, being a product of your past and then being a prisoner of it. We have voluntarily become prisoners of our past. And Kanye West said something on TMZ one time, and people gave him a lot of flag for it. But I think it depends on which like time period you're you're uh, looking at whenever you're hearing whatever it was that he was saying. But he said that slavery was a choice. Now, if you're looking at slavery back then, I mean, that's kind of far-fetched. Yeah, you can um, rebel, but that, that wouldn't lead anywhere to, other than death, right? So you, you just, you were, they were forced into slavery, right? They were overpowered, they were hoarded on ships, and they were put in fields and, and forced to work. Or the alternative is death, and no one wants to die before their time, right? But if you look at it today, most people are slaves voluntarily, right? They're slaves to the past that they never experienced, or if they did experience some type of it, they're still slaves to it because they can't get out of the mindset that, hey, in this day and age, I actually have opportunities as a black person, right? There's a difference between being a product of your past and a prisoner of your past. We have chosen to be prisoners of it, and for people who are at the top of their game, they have chosen to be prisoners of it because it's beneficial for them. No matter how much they bash capitalism, um, no matter how much they bash the current political system that we have, they take advantage of it every single day. And twice on Sundays. And they do it on behalf of being black, right? They do it at the expense of black, being black, right? At the extent, at the expense of black struggle, right? Because Colin Kaepernick is going to sit up there with his ice cream and his endorsements and his Netflix show and still say that he's oppressed, right? And you can't challenge him. You can't. Because if you do, then you're racist or you're homophobic or you're some kind of, you got some kind of phobia towards him. Or you're just a POS who's a racist or a white supremacist or whatever. Fun fact, apparently you can be a white supremacist as a black person. I've been called a white supremacist as, as new to me. All right? But, um, they, they like I said, they can just sit up there and take advantage of black struggle to benefit from it. And your everyday black person, for the most part, judging by how many people support all this crap, they're not seeing it, right? They're brainwashed by whatever the hell is being spewed to them. It's not clicking that, man, this dude really has a lot of stuff going for him, and he's still on TV or in shows or whatever crying about being oppressed. And what reality is this man oppressed? Jesse Smollett. This man has money. How much more money do you need? Right? But instead of asking for a raise or just trying to be a better actor to get paid more, he says, you know what? I'm black and I'm gay. I hit the lottery. I hit the freaking jackpot. So if I fake a hate crime, right, and 
use my my blackness and my gayness as factors within the hate crime, boom. Especially people believe it. I'm an actor, so I got a chance. I mean, come on, it's game over. Like I said earlier, he's the richest actor in Hollywood if he pulls it off. Fortunately for the United States of America, he didn't. Unfortunately for him, he didn't. But it's just insane. And then, like I said, with Bubba Wallace, I feel as though his was the, the like the um the the least of it, right? Because I don't think he had a plan in place to initiate a fake hate crime. But I think once the opportunity was presented to him, he saw what could come of it and just decided to run with it. He ran with it. I saw him do so many interviews and and go on so many TV shows and all this stuff like that. And then the next day, get signed to Dre Beats. Are you kidding me? Right? You got the FBI running out here trying to do an investigation on a hate crime. And then get signed to Dre Beats. Right? He either would have never been signed to Dre Beats if that thing didn't happen. Or he would have been signed and nobody would have cared. But it's still on their website. You go to Dre Beats' website and look up Bubba Wallace... And they have a whole article about it. Right. But the issue that 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 comes after all this crap is that people don't hold these individuals responsible. They don't hold them accountable. And it, it was hard for me to figure out why, but I, I think I I think I figured it out. Right. And it's the sense of tribalism. It's a sense of tribalism. Where Black people over here and white people over here. And I know there are other races and whatnot, but I've said before, black people and white people seem to lead the charge when it comes to social issues and just hating each other. So you got black people over here and white people over here. Now, for black people, they've been oppressed and they've been through a lot. So they just want to stick with themselves. right? They want people to accept them, but they want to stick with themselves. Then white people over here, for the most part, some of them feel guilty for being white. So they pander to black people so that they can make up for their whiteness. I can't tell you how many teenage girls I've seen and 20-year-old white girls that I've seen essentially suck up to black people who are the same age, right? So by design, they haven't been through anything because of their age even remotely close to what black people hundreds of years ago went through. But I've seen teenage white girls and 20-some-year-old white girls suck up and go full-on social justice warrior mode to come to the aid of black people. For what? Right? For what? Some of the richest people in this country are black people. Some of the most successful people in this country are black people. Colin Kaepernick is black. Jesse Smollett is black, Bubba Wallace is black. Like, why? Right? Then you got some other white people who are trying to make amends for something they didn't do. Right? Just to hopefully rectify this country in regards to racial relations. I mean, because it's not like we're taking the initiative on that front. And someone asks, well, why? why? Why should we? Well, I've said it before. It's like a relationship, right? Let's say like a parent 
and child relationship. If the parent wasn't in the child's life for most of their life growing up, most of their childhood, right? Then the child becomes a young adult. They get a car, a job, this, that, and the third. Ideally, it should still be the parent's responsibility to foster that relationship or to rekindle it, whatever the case may be. But the child now has full capabilities. Uh, They're not even a child anymore or a young adult, whatever you want to call them. They have full capabilities to initiate that relationship, right? And then it's just a give and take deal where here, I give some, right? And you take it, then you give me some, I'll take it. And it just goes back and forth. Someone has to start it. But pride is what keeps people from doing it, right? But that kid who's now a young adult has all the the necessary tools to start that relationship. A car, a job, money, right? They're aware of what's going on. Who cares what the freak happened the past 20 years? It's, it's, it's done. It already happened. Move on. And if you really want to foster a relationship, then you'll do it. It's the same thing here. Right. But but that's not going to happen. Right. Because like I said, it's the sense of tribalism where people won't just hold these other people accountable. Black people won't hold these other black people accountable. Right. So I got Black Lives Matter saying that the trial is a product of white supremacy or a, or a, a white supremacist char- like charade or whatever they said. What 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 does this trial have anything to do with white supremacy? This dude faked a hate crime, cost this police department hundreds of thousands of dollars in resources reviewing the case, right? And it's crazy because they even dropped the charges the first time around. But just trying to prove that it's real or trying to um, do whatever, he just freaking brought it back up again. And now, look, now you're getting hit with charges that aren't being dropped, right? What, because you didn't want to pay a fine or, or, or pay back the department? Now they're going after you on criminal charges, and they're trying to sue you, right? And instead of this black organization, this black corporation saying, you know what, you committed a crime or you did something that's messed up, you just got to pay for it, <laughs> they're going to pull out the white supremacist card. Then come on now. Doesn't make any sense other than the the fact that like i said we just we're tribal right we're not looking to eradicate oppression we're looking to flip it on his head or we're looking to completely divide ourselves while still wanting everyone to respect us or include us or whatnot it's crazy it is insane right but what are you gonna do I mean, you can't, you can't, uh, I I saw, I heard this, somebody said, you can't legislate, like, love, or, or, like, togetherness, or whatever you want to call it, you just can't do it, one day, it's just got to snap for people, people just got to understand that, hey, that person sitting across from me is an actual person, let me just go be a person to them, right, I don't know. It's just a thought, right? We're all people. Who cares what you look like? But 
I don't know. It's, it's got to can't be tribalism. <laughs> it's it's got to be the um the thing of we're not this race or that race or the human race. I feel like I heard that before too. It's kind of corny, but it it's funny and it makes sense. Um it kind of reminded me, I don't know, I don't know if it's real, right? I don't know if it's real. I saw it, I've only seen pictures of it. I've never seen the actual video, but I saw somebody um put a caption on it. And it was it reminded me of this and it was so funny when Trump had got COVID. This man's ego is so big. He got COVID and he said that um like when the doctors looked at me or whatnot, they've never seen a body attack COVID as well as mine. And they said they'd never seen DNA like it before. It's not DNA, it's USA. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this dude is so freaking crazy, bro. But that's what that reminded me of. It's like we're not African-American race, not the Caucasian race, we're the human race. So just be humans, just be people. Love each other, right? It's a new year. Why would you want to go into a new year with so much hate in your heart? I don't. It's a New Year's resolution for me. Don't hate people. I don't hate people, but try to consciously love people, right? I think that's a good one. Everybody should try it. Try it with me. Consciously love people, right? Speaking of love, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Don't fake hate crimes, right? That's another New Year's resolution. Don't go into the New Year faking hate crimes because that's bad. Don't take advantage of uh, black struggle because that was some real stuff, right? So don't do that. If you think of any other New Year's resolutions, I mean, put them on the list. Go after them. It's a new year. New Year, new us. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And yeah, bye. Catch new episodes of Think For Yourself anywhere that you listen to podcasts, that being Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more that will be linked in the description on whatever platform you're on. Also, subscribe. It takes like two seconds, and it's free, and it lets you know whenever we release an episode so that you never miss one. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening, and yeah, bye.